the topics i wanted to talk to you about uh, was uh, regarding indian startups i think you wrote uh, a bunch of uh, content around you know which companies are succeeding and which companies are not uh, so just give me an overview of what do you think is happening right now in the unicorn class uh, especially on indian startups yeah so let me let me start by saying that you know when when i moved to bangalore i was working at google at the time and one of the big reasons there were many reasons but one of the big reasons i moved back was to learn more about the tech ecosystem and you moved from India, us you know. to bangalore correct i was in new york prior to that and i moved from new york to bangalore um i knew it was going to be a temporary thing it was just testing the waters but i did want to get a better feel for how tech works and and what's available in india now because i always hear so much hype about it from the internet you hear new startups are getting funded there's over 100 unicorns in india there's so many stories of big acquisitions uh shark tank is now you know a household name in in india so you know in some sense startups and venture and entrepreneurship has really become mainstream and i wanted to see what the hype was all about and when i was there i learned a few interesting things and and maybe this comes back to my twitter opinion is i like to have a nuanced take on things i don't want to have before or against something but i want to understand what it's all about and when i looked into the startup ecosystem in india one thing i didn't find was there was no critique you know everyone always writes positive news about indian startups pretty much across the board uh maybe a little bit of that has changed now uh but that really irked me and that was kind of a negative signal everything can't be good with any ecosystem there's some good some bad and the more i dug into it the more of the bad i would find i mean most of the people writing these things are are vcs and they have their incentivized to write good things they're invested in these companies um or people working at the startups who are also invested in the ecosystem so the more i looked into it i realized look there's a lot of good stuff happening in india like look it's a growing market there is growing disposable income technology it's a technology first market people are growing up with mobile phones in you know volumes that we when i grew up in india was unprecedented when we were there and that's great and i think there's a lot of potential there however a lot of the companies that i saw in india were just not real businesses i think that's the first thing that struck me you know you are building amazing products a lot of the products work really well they have many many users they solve a big problem need quickly one of the great examples is dunzo you know dunzo is a company for those of who of those who don't know dunzo is a company where you can order anything from anywhere immediately including a free text box of custom instructions of what you want this person to do and it costs you 30 rupees on top of you know what you would normally pay which is incredible but it's very evident that learning from some of these examples in america some of these business models i never saw them scaling so then the more i dug into it you see there are some insidious loops where these ceos of these startups would raise generate a, a bunch of hype build a great product raise a bunch of money hire a bunch of people and my call by question was okay well what's your exit plan here like these companies aren't going to make money um they're never going to be profitable you're you're talking about 80 90% loss margins it's very hard to turn those kinds of businesses around in many of those cases and i realized that what was happening is either they were too attracted to valuation and just didn't understand what building a good business meant because they were blown away by all the hype or they understood that at some point or they knew that going in 
and they decided to sell secondaries. So they were getting rich and building their own personal brand. And if the company didn't work, it was like, oh, the market's not ready, but I tried my best. Um, even though, you know, that's questionable. So that's sort of a high level overview of what the good and the bad is. And I think not every company is bad, but my opinion is a lot of, I would say, aside from less than 10 companies, most consumer oriented startups in India, I struggle to see a path to profitability for them from, from an outsider looking in. And one last point I'll add there is more of a subtle uh, thing is the reason you can critique the Indian ecosystem, and this is great uh, in comparison to the US, is the MCA, the Ministry of Corporate Affairs in India, for, uh, asks startups and even private companies to file financials every year. So you can actually see how much money they're making, how much money they're losing, all of these details, which you can't really get visibility in America. Yeah, I, I think I've invested both in US and Indian companies. So one of the things that's, I mean, there are bad things in India as well, but in terms of like regulation and filing paperwork, which is a lot more, which includes this particular uh, feature. Most of things are bugs, but there are some features in it, which is what you mentioned, uh, where you can get every year, you give the valuation. For example, if you invested in a US startup, you don't know what valuation it is running as an investor, uh, unless you're like a lead investor who's on the board and you know you get the insider information, but rest of them don't know which valuation at this point their internal valuation is. Uh, for Indian startups, every year you get an updated valuation. So you know very quickly what the feedback is from the company. Um, but the point about incentives, right? Um, a lot of startup media are startups. So your story is a startup. Like even though you can say TechCrunch in the US criticizes some of the companies, uh, but mostly they're, you know, they talk about funding news and uh, there's some, you know, occasionally they come up with uh, a critique of company or like they coverage, they do cover a critique made by a different publication. Uh, but in India, your story, your Inc. 42 and some other, you know, upcoming publications, they are pretty much startups themselves. They're like promising investors to attract attention. Um, so it's like that incentive is not there for them. But there are other publications, like I think this one morning context or something, which is a purely yeah. subscription based. Uh, they did some investigative or sort of some criticism about startup models. Um, they're purely subscription based, I think. So they don't often get, uh, you know, referred by your story or, you know, Inc. 42 um, and that whole ecosystem, which I get. And I think you're also right about um, the secondary uh, share sales aspect of it, which happened, I think, in US also, right? For example, there was this company which was Hopin. Um, at peak of, you know, pandemic, it was valued at seven point something billion. Uh, the founder exited for $150 million. It is now valued again at, I think, $1.2 or something. So, I mean, in, in a sense, the founder did the right thing. Like, if you know the company is overvalued, like, is it wrong that I'm selling my stock, right? right? Uh, that, that sort of applies if, uh, in, your, in your public markets also, right? If I am holding a stock and I know that it's overvalued, what do I do? I hold it or I sell it, right? So there is some interesting incentives. Uh and also a lot of early employees like look at all these things as the same. I think where the education really lacks is, uh, especially in Indian markets, is uh, a lot of people don't understand what is the incentive structure going in as an early employee or joining in as an engineer. Like how 
uh, simple or how easily the whole system can break down in six months. Like that aspect, I think is still pretty much unknown, even though like the top level, the founder sector, people who are creating companies understand this incentive structure very well. And, you know, that's what happened. They raised at pretty high valuations, you know, in last two years, uh, even a starting pre-seed company with no team, no product was raising at $10 million. Uh, and that might be a little bit norm normalized in the US from seven to 10, but in India, it's it's extremely high, especially if you see things like what's happening on Shark Tank India or something, right? Um, yeah. Like that's extremely high valuation for a pre-seed company with no product, uh, just an idea. But those things happen, and you know we we now see that there's no path into actually finding a product uh, or product market fit or even surviving for next 18, 24 months. Um, and to your customer, I think consumer products, right? I think there are very few categories large enough where consumer side of companies can actually work and i think india is in a phase where the primary needs or like the absolute primary needs are winning like you take swiggy for example right swiggy is crushing it um and that's like basic need it serves a very basic need done so also in a lot of ways serves a very basic need uh, and then there's like gaming and gambling which is working really well um, and then I think there's whole edtech gamut with Vedantu and Baiju's and which, which I think have lost the plot in terms of like, what is the right scale and valuation? I think there's a use case, there's a right product market fit, but again, they overvalue themselves, they overscale themselves because we've seen this in, um, public markets as well in the U S right? Not all the SaaS companies that are overvalued are bad companies or bad products. It's just that you can't value something that is making 1 billion in a 100 billion valuation. 1 billion is still a good business. Why can't you have a company which is, you know, a 1 billion uh, revenue and valued at, you know, 4 or 5 billion. That's a good business with 300 employees, right? But when you change that to, you know, value at 100 billion, then your expectations of revenue are increasing. And then, you know, you basically revert back to mean and that's what we are seeing. 